0: Well, thank you all for uh, introducing yourselves. Um, I, I'm Brian, and um, I am actually excited uh, to go through this because this book is not actually written as an apologetics book, so I'm having to rethink it each week um, to, to approach it from an apologetics course. Typically, this, is, this comes from the uh, Nine Marks First Steps series, so somebody who's new to the faith or just brand new to anything, you could say, hey, this is why it's important to go to church. Um, and the book is supposed to explain that, but we're going to try and approach it from a, from a... not from the aspect of Brian, who you'll, you'll meet in the book here in a second, um, but from the, the couple that he's... he's um, he he encounters at this church that he goes to um so um and we'll try and walk through that together so i'm looking forward to hearing how you all are applying the material and how um we can we can maybe come up with some some good answers together uh for for some of these questions that um that come our way so um just a little bit about brian in this in this um regard here it's kind of ironic that i opened the book and i was like hey I know this is this is not me, um, and it is not a uh, a self-centered uh, illustration in this in this course. This is just how they wrote the book. Um, but uh, Brian is a, a young man who grew up in the small hills of West Virginia. Um, he was kind of came from a um, a rough rough background as far as his uh, his childhood goes and things like that. He Didn't come from the greatest home. Um, he had a really good friend of his that. Um, you know, uh, died tragically. And so, um, as, as he was at this funeral and was listening to the pastor, um, you know, he was, he started to question some things like what would have happened if I had drowned? Like why, what would have happened if, if it had been me, um, and, and and not him? Like, why did he have to die and not me? Um, and so, um, it's in this, this funeral that Brian encounters a, um, you know, really, kind of the the gospel as the the pastor who's preaching the funeral kind of uh, lays it out, and um, he he kind of picked up on some things that the pastor had spoken about, such as peace. Uh, he definitely wanted that peace, and he just kind of left him with a lot of questions. Um, and so um, Brian returns after after this morning time. Returns to work, and he hears some guys at work talking about. Um, their faith as well. And so, um, you know, something that was usually annoying to him ended up being something that, again, was generating more questions. And so um, he just, it, it's really been on his heart. Um, and so he decides one day that uh, he's going to go um, attend a church for the first time. And so that's where we, we kind of start in this, um, in this book. And that brings us in chapter one. Um, before we get there, I'm going to kind of, Pose a, pose a question that I want you all to keep, keep to yourselves um, and just, just hold that there. But think about yourself. Do, do you have a Brian in your life? It's not me. But do you have a Brian in your life that represents, it could be a Mark, it could be a Steve, it could be a, a Jennifer, a whoever. But do you have somebody in your life that you know that you could see as identifying um, with the same kind of circumstance or situation or thought process that that our, our uh, example Brian is in. Um, and just kind of think about that for a minute. Do you have somebody, this is kind of like who's your one, who's your Brian, okay? Just kind of picture that person and kind of keep them in the back of your head. So we're going to talk about uh, apologetics. And so to start, I thought I'd, I mean, it's an educated group in here, but I thought we'd start with a little bit of what apologetics is, um, and this is going to be um, something that's not in depth by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be kind of a surface level, this is what it is, because we're going to get more into the application of things. Um, and also while I'm at it, um, Pastor Ryan's class is teaching on the doctrine of the church, ecclesiology, which is the the study of the church. And so his, his class is going to go a lot deeper into um, what the church is, you know, the, the, the theology and the doctrine behind the church. We're going to talk about it from a different angle. So it's, it will overlap in some things, but I'm not going to go as deep as he will in, in the re- regards to that. We're going to keep it more surface level, but um, through an apologetic lens. Um, and so um, to start, apologetics is a systematic argumentative discourse. Um, in defense of something such as a doctrine. And so, yes, we are going to teach you how to argue. This is going to be fun. Um, And then uh, it's also known as a branch of theology, which is devoted to the defense of the divine origin and authority of Christianity. So apologetics can kind of span a number of different things. Um, You can talk about the inerrancy of Scripture. You can talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, any, Any sort of theological topic that you have there's a there's an apologetic angle of it that you can you can use to argue for the faith and so um, there are some wonderful apologists out there that's somebody who kind of practices apologetics uh, as a kind of an everyday type of thing they're 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 arguing for the faith they're trying to. Um, and this isn't like vicious arguing, this is, this is just a, an argumentative discourse. So you're, you're talking back and forth, but you're, you're not only answering questions, but you're also asking questions, getting people to think on their own and kind of arrive to the conclusion that you're trying to get them to get, get to. Um, so according to um, Christian Apologetics by Norman Geisler, um, there, are, there are several topics that apologetics can address, which, which includes naturalism and the supernatural, objectivism and history, the historical reliability of the New Testament, the deity and authority of Jesus Christ, and the inspiration and authority of the Bible. So there's, there's a, a wealth of things that we can talk about um, when, when it comes to apologetics. From, for this class, we are going to look at how we argue for the importance of going to church. Uh, and in that, you know, there are certain components of the church, the ordinances of the church, things that the church does, things that the church is supposed to, to be. Um, we're gonna go through that and and talk about um, talk about that from a from a biblical standpoint, but from a way that you can you can argue. I hate using that word, but there's not a better word to do it. Um, that you can, you can persuade somebody um, through, through using Scripture and reason to be able to come to a conclusion of, okay, this is why church is important to go to. So we're going to use Brian and his encounter with this couple that he meets at church as kind of a, a, a springboard for our, for our discussions, and we'll go from there. So we're going to start with chapter 1 today, and I know we're... Um, we're coming right out of the bat here, but um, we'll start with chapter one, and then kind of the assignment for this week will be to read chapter one and two, and so when we pick up next week, we'll be, we'll be in chapter two, but everybody will be caught up. So, um, so what we're going to talk about today is what is the church? So the main idea is, I think Brandy touched on it already, the church is a people, not a place. So how many people, just show of hands real quick, how many people say, I'm going to go to the church? Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head up to the church, and what do you think of when you think of that? A it's a building, right? Okay, so, um, and I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm going to go up to the church, or I have, you know, I have to run up to the church and grab something, you know, but I'm not talking about that properly. If, if, I'm, if I'm really being being a stickler for the definition, the church is a people, not a place, and so this is just a building. This is the church building, um, or the building that the the church uses for worship and Um, administrative things, but uh, the church is not a building. So um, according to the New City Catechism, God chooses and preserves for himself a community elected for eternal life and united by faith, who love, follow, learn from, and worship God together. God sends out this community to proclaim the gospel and prefigure Christ's kingdom by the quality of their life together and their love for one another. We're going to unpack that a little bit as we go through uh, this evening, but just wanted to kind of start that off, just keep that main idea that the church is a people, not a place, and we'll, we'll talk about that some more as we get on later into, the, into the, um, uh, the class. So Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then Ephesians two thirteen says, "Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ." <clears throat> so again, both of these talk about both these verses talk about people. Um, Christ is building His church; He is gathering the saints together, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's that's a powerful statement in and of itself, um, which is just amazing to me. Um, and when you think of gates, you think of they're they're more of a a defensive mechanism, right? Gates are designed to, <coughs> excuse me, either keep keep people out um, if you're on the inside of them, or keep people in if you're, you know, trying to keep dogs in or something like that. But from this this standpoint, the, the gates of hell, it, this is a, a a defensive type of thing. So the church, in this in this instance, the church is is basically pounding down the doors, um, and that's that's this powerful picture of of the church. You know, banding together and and you know, um, fighting against sin and and evil in the world, but doing it in the way that the church does together as as a people. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, again, in Ephesians two thirteen, now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's that's what unifies us, right? The gospel is what unifies the church, um, unifies the people. We are all together. Um, brought near by the blood of Christ. And we were once far off, which means we were all sinners, right? We were all in the same boat, but we found Christ and we, we put our faith and trust in him. And therefore we now have a, um, I'm sorry, I got a tickle in my throat. <clears> throat> we, we have um, a brotherhood together Um, a brotherhood and sisterhood, uh, a family together, uh, united under the banner of the gospel um, through the blood of Jesus Christ. (coughs) So we're going to get into some things about what the church does now. So the church is to be a people who worship God when they gather together and when they scatter into the world. Thank you. One moment. So if we look at Hebrews 12, 28 through 29... says, Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship, with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So the church is a is a is a people who worship together. We gather together, and then we go out into the world. Romans twelve one, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So again, this kind of covers this this concept of the church is to be a worshiping body. Um, We worship together. We worship God together. And as we do, we are also sending sending out um, the message as well. Again, the church is a people called to be holy. So 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now does that mean that we are all holy right now? No. Are all of us all of us holy because we're we're in church and we're <coughs> professing believers in Jesus Christ. Are we holy? No. no, we're still stained by sin, right? So we have all sinned all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so in the in the book, you know, Brian is observing people. He's sitting in the parking lot. This is kind of setting the stage. Brian's sitting in the parking lot for about 20 minutes, watching people go in and out of church, or going into church, gathering for the Sunday morning. He's on about his third cigarette because he's worried, and he's he's nervous about going in. And he sees all of these people, smiles on their faces, happy. <coughs> and he's realizing to himself, he's like, I don't think I fit in here because I'm not happy. I'm not in any of these you know, I don't feel like I fit in with with the people that are here. These people seem like they're perfect. They're they're you know they have it all together. They're all they're all dressed up and they're ready to go. But what he's going to find out, and hopefully what you know <clears throat> people would find out if they came into our church as well, is that we are all broken people. Um, all every one of us. None of us is perfect. None of us is is um, fully you know. Holy or fully righteous, you know only through the blood of Jesus Christ are we made righteous? are we made justified um, to the Lord? so you know all of us carry baggage, all of us have sin in our life, <clears throat> and we're working on trying to get that rooted out of our out of our bodies and rooted out of our lives, which is that process of sanctification um, and so um, you know as as first Peter says as you know um, obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, um, which means don't, don't be conformed to our, our sin. Don't be, don't be held to that. But as Jesus, who called us, is holy, we also should be holy in all of our conduct. And so we strive to be holy. We're trying. That's why we're at church. Or, or, you see, I did it. That's why we're gathered with the church, right, to, to work this out, to try and become more like Christ but it's a process. It's not something we ever achieve this side of heaven. You know, only when we are glorified in our, in our you know, heavenly bodies will we finally achieve that. <clears throat> so, I'm sorry. All right, so continuing on, the church is a people marked by love. So John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is a beautiful picture of the church. You know, I've, yeah, everybody heard the saying, "They'll know we're Christians by our love." Right? There's a song about that too. They'll know we we're Christians by our love, by our love. Um, and so, <clears throat> we are to look like a loving people because we are to be a loving people. But it's not just that we love. Only those that, that look like us that are already in our little, our little clique in, inside the, the church. No, we, we are to love all, we're to love everyone, but we demonstrate the love that Christ showed us by our love for one another. Um, so that's a kind of a witness or a testimony of the church to people that aren't part of it yet. But then it's also uh, a witness to one another and it kind of an encouragement to love one another as Christ loved us. And so, um, the church is, is marked by people that love, and by, by love itself. Um, also, God says the church is like a body. So, 1 Corinthians 12.12. 12, 12, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So, we just had a, what, a ministry fair, right? This is a perfect example of this. So, Each person in the church has been gifted by the Holy Spirit with certain gifts. Each person is uniquely gifted. So my gifts may not be the same as Nick's gifts. Nick's gift may not be the same as Brandy's gifts. Brandy's gifts may not be the same as Tracy's gifts. And that's okay because together we can all serve together and come together to, to um, to serve the purposes of the church. And to to advance that, and so as such, we represent what the body of Christ is. Some are feet, some are hands, some are mouths to proclaim the gospel. Some, you know, are our hearts that show love, you know, and things like that. <clears throat> and so, the church is is um, representative of the body of Christ in that in that regard. And so, as a church, we we come together, and we don't all have it all together, right? But other people fill in for our inadequacies and we have strengths that fill in for others' inadequacies. And so we're able to do more together um, than we are on our own. And so we, we model that um, in, the, in the community and to those around us as well as we serve together and serve, um, serve one another and, and serve our community. <clears throat> but along with that, as with any family, there can be difficult relationships. But God gives grace to help us learn to love one another. Oh, perfect. Thank you. So 2 Corinthians 6, 18. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So sometimes, you know, you get a group of people. Sometimes you can rub each other the wrong way. Um, and that's okay. God gives us grace to learn to love, um, to love one another in those instances. Um, same way in, in, in marriage as well. Like you have that, um, you know, you're, you're when you're first married, you're getting to learn the other person, getting to learn how to live with another person, and so you may you may butt heads, you may rub, you know rub each other the wrong way a couple times, but you you have love for one another regardless of that through that, and so. It's another perfect example, and as we get to this in a little bit in a little bit, um, we're going to see how the church mimics marriage and marriage mimics the church um, in that relationship with with Jesus. But God gives grace to help us learn to love one another. and so because of that, we can again, we can learn um, to, to work with one another, to worship with one another and to serve with one another in a, in a local body. <clears throat> God tells us in the scriptures that uh, believers in Jesus are the place in which His Spirit dwells. So 1 Peter 2, 5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then in 1 Corinthians three sixteen through 17 Do you not know that you, in the, in the plural sense, you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. So we, as Christians, as part of the church, are dwelt indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is is in us, and it's through him or through us that he works through us to to carry out his purposes in in this world whether we're serving in the church, whether we're serving in our community, or whether we're proclaiming the gospel to somebody who's never heard it before. Um, the, the, spirit of, of the Holy Spirit is what drives us to do that. And so because of that, you know, we're constantly trying to work to be holy um, and, and to make it a wonderful place for Him to dwell um, within us. And so because of that, um, we're, we're, we're always working uh, to try and, and be better. Uh, lastly, God uses many different illustrations in Scripture to help us understand the church, <clears throat> one of them being marriage. So Ephesians five thirty-one through 32 um, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Then Revelation 21, 9. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So everybody in this room has heard that the church is the bride of Christ, right? Christ gave himself up for the church. He gave himself up for us so that we might be made righteous, we might be um, made justified, that we might be the body of Christ to carry out his work in in this world. And so the the picture we have here is, you know, um, there's, there's, without diving into all of the, all of the the marriage um, metaphors that there are, um, the, the picture that we have here is this this relationship of one that works together, that's surrounded and filled with love. It is something where, you know, the church and Christ um, dwell together as one. We're we're all working together towards the same goal to see as many saints as possible come to come to glory um, in Christ. And so the church is the body that does the work to try and, you know, get the seeds of the gospel out um, so that people can can hear, um, people can come to faith in Jesus, and people can <clears throat> come to know him, and that disciples will make disciples. So this kind of generates that that mission, right? The mission of the church we have, you know, we are, um disciples that make disciples. That's, that's our goal, right? To make disciples that make disciples. And so it's this perpetual perpetual growth. And that is the body of Christ expanding and moving and carrying out and, and working um, to spread the gospel. So all in, the church is a people loved by God. And that is, that is what the church is. It is a people that is loved by God, who also in turn loves God, worships God, Serves God and carries out the work of the gospel um, to spread it to um, spread it to the the, the nations. And so, um, with that, does anybody have any thoughts or questions? Again, this is a lot of scripture and kind of like drinking from a fire hose, but um, we're touching on some highlights. Okay. <clears throat> if not that's okay all right well we are going to take about a 5 minute break and when we come back we're going to use what we just talked about to formulate some ideas maybe some responses maybe some some cursory arguments on on some uh, situations that we will see coming up here. So I'll give you about five minutes and we'll see everybody back here.